0: Welcome to Stock Stories, episode 136. Welcome, welcome to the show. This is the Stock Stories Podcast. My name is Alex. I'm your host and stock storyteller for today. Thank you for joining me. This is the podcast dedicated to helping you, the individual investor, make better investing decisions. And the reason we do that is because there's just so much confusion around stocks, so much confusion around how to invest. And I want to add my little slice of clarity into the mix to hopefully help you make better decisions with stocks. And how do we do that? Well, we look at case studies of real companies. We're going through the entire S&P 500. That's part of our journey here on the show. And then also we look at mental models. These are thought processes. These are principles. These are things that we can use in our own investing practice to help us. So kind of a mix between the practical side and the philosophical side. Now, today's episode is a mental model episode, and I'm excited to talk to you about this one today because, man, this mental model is just such a powerful concept, though very simple, but it can be applied to so many different things, and let's just get right into it. Let's talk about opportunity costs. All right. Opportunity costs. What is an opportunity cost? Well, we know what a cost is, right? It's an expense. It's some kind of price that you pay. But what's an opportunity cost? This is probably the most important mental model that I have come across and apply in my life. And it really permeates so many thoughts, decisions, and actions that I make. Everything from I run this podcast to things that I do in my family life, things that I do socially, my physical health, it's all intertwined and opportunity cost comes into play in so many different ways and in, certainly in investing as we're going to see soon. But opportunity cost, to put it simply, if you spend energy, time, money, or other resources doing something... Those are energy, time, money, or resources that you cannot use for something else. Everything has a cost. So before you take action, weigh the cost. So right now, I'm recording this episode for you. That means I'm not doing something else. There's an infinite number of other things that I could be doing, but I'm choosing to do this because I love it and I love sharing new information with you and helping you. So from a big picture life perspective, let's zoom out real quick. Think about the person that you want to become. You're a certain person today. You were a certain person yesterday or five or 10 years ago. And there's also a certain person that you're going to be in several years if you continue doing the things that you're doing and life happens in its natural course. So who is that person that you want to be in your mind? Can you visualize it? So maybe you see yourself as a future successful investor. So what kinds of skills would you need to learn in order to really become that person? Well, you need to know certain things about risk, right? An understanding of risk. You'd have to know how money works and you have to be knowledgeable about at least one asset class. You'd have to have some sort of base level of knowledge that you can act on. Now, maybe you see yourself in the future as someone who is incredibly fit and healthy. Now, you might rarely, if ever, get sick. You have a lot of physical energy. Maybe you see yourself being able to play sports or take part in some other physical activities that are meaningful to you. I mean, what kinds of skills do you need to be that person? Well, you need to understand the basics about nutrition and fitness and you would need to consistently apply those principles over time too if you want to see real results. You might even do something like hiring a specific coach or trainer if you wanted to improve in a specific area. So this can apply to a lot of different areas of life. Now, what would it actually take for real to become that person? I mean, all of those skills that you need, what do you have to give up? Now, this is really where opportunity cost comes into play because you and I, we can say we want so many different things in our lives. We want to become so many different types of people. Yeah, of course, I want to be wealthy. I want to be a successful investor. Of course, I want to have a thriving family life. I want to experience and give love to all the people that are around me that are close to me. Yeah, of course, I want to be fit. I want to be healthy. I want to be strong. But all of those things take something from us to become that, right? If I want a successful relationship with my wife, well, I'm going to spend time with my wife and I'm going to listen to her and try to meet her needs and wants because that's part of being in a successful relationship. Now, I'm not trying to give you all sorts of like life advice necessarily, but in a way, I just want to impart that this principle is really important and it's really key. And if you want something, you have to give up something else. And I don't mean that in a detracting or negative way. It's just from an objective perspective. There's only so much attention you can give to anything in a given moment. Now, I personally believe that multitasking, for example, it's kind of a myth, like multitasking doesn't actually work. How can you actually focus your attention on two different things at once? Sure, you may be doing quote unquote, two things at once in a sense, But really, you're just switching very rapidly between putting your attention on one thing versus another. Um, Either that or one of the things you're doing is just really subconscious. Like, for example, maybe you're driving and talking at the same time. And actively, you're talking with your conscious mind, but subconsciously, you're driving because it's a learned behavior over time. So you don't actually have to put that much attention onto it in any given moment. So I think that's really the only exception but you and I can only spend our attention and our time in one way in any given moment. So I think this is really important. So what would you actually have to give up to become, for example, a successful investor, or what would you have to give up to, let's look at income for a second. What would you have to do to have a high income? Well, (laughs) that's a really big question, and I do not intend to answer that fully here, but let's just look a little bit at it from one data point. Let's look at personal finances for a moment. So because and the reason I want to bring this up income is that having a steady income, it's kind of necessary to be able to invest, right? Because the input, one of the inputs of the investing process is, well, money, you need money in order to grow money. So having an income allows you to do that. Now, in the University of Chicago study. Found that there is a correlation between income and television watching. So, for families who earn less than $9,000 in a year, 34% of them watched more than five hours of television per day, five hours a day. Now, in the same study for households earning at least $150,000 per year, what percentage of them do you think watched more than five hours of TV a day? Well, the answer is just 1.1%. Now, I know that these are just a few data points, but you can see correlations even just from that. If you want to increase your income, I mean, saying no to Netflix for a few hours a week and putting that time and energy into building a business or becoming a more productive employee, that could have excellent results. So just think about what you're spending your time on and what the results could be. Now, personally, I think that you can in many ways have both like <laughs> I both watch Netflix myself and I'm working on building my income in a business. So it's possible to do both. But that means that I'm also saying no to something else. So just ask yourself the question, what are you saying no to Now, opportunity costs? It comes into play with our health as well. So every time we choose to drive as opposed to walking, for example, if we're within walking distance to somewhere that we need to go, that's a trade-off between time and physical effort. So time is a precious resource. In fact, I think it's probably the most precious resource that we have, right? So people, most people tend to prefer convenience and speed, but efficiency is not the same as effectiveness. So yeah, think about that. If you're driving somewhere that you could walk to, yeah, you're going to get there way faster, and you're going to save a lot of time. But what are you giving up as a result of that? Well, you have to know how to drive a car. So you need to have that skill. You need to have gasoline in your car, or in the case of an electric vehicle, have it charged up. So you have to have something ready there. You have to have an asset in the form of a car that that can be drivable. And you have to spend a little bit of time driving to that place. Well, What about the alternative if you, say, walk? Well, if you walk, you're using your legs, you're doing physical exercise, but you're also giving up time. You don't have as much time to get to your destination. It's going to take longer. So that's just another simple simple example. But imagine if you walked a thousand more steps per day by parking your car, if you own a car, a little bit further away from the entrance of whatever building that you go to frequently. Imagine if you did that. That might not seem like much, but over time, the calories that you burn will add up and it could improve your physical health. But again, you're giving up time in order to do that. So that is the heart of opportunity cost. Now, it's all a trade-off. Life is a series of trade-offs making one decision after another. I mean, I've heard it said once that quote-unquote success in life, it can be defined by making a series of a thousand small good decisions, one after the other. Because when we're making good decisions, that means by very nature, we're not making bad decisions, or at least not as many bad decisions. We still make bad decisions because we're human, right? But taking those small steps forward will move us forward eventually. Now, let's talk about the investing application to all this. How do we apply this specifically to investing in stocks and in managing our own portfolio? Now, one of the biggest opportunity costs in investing is the one between being invested and sitting in cash. So ask yourself this question, what percentage of your portfolio do you have in cash right now? What percentage is in stocks or other types of assets? Now, on the one hand, every dollar that you have in cash, that's a dollar not working as a piece of ownership in a company that could grow, right? On the other hand, every dollar already invested in shares of a company can't be used for other opportunities in the market that might come up. So, for example, if I'm invested in shares of Coca-Cola right now, the money that's tied up in those shares, I can't use for other investments. It's already invested. I would have to sell the stock, account for the taxes for any gains, and then I would have to purchase the other security. So, yeah, I could switch it over, but in the current state, that money is working in a specific company so this kind of leads to two main philosophies on cash allocation and I kind of like this little debate that goes on in the investment community between these two philosophies and we'll, we'll talk about this so the first is that an investor should remain fully or nearly fully invested at all times and the theory behind this is that your money should always be working for you right your money should always be in the market working And one of the things that supports this theory is that if you miss just a few of the best days in the market in any given year, well, studies have shown that your rate of return suffers significantly. And that's just because the stock market is so volatile, it jumps up and down frequently. So if you miss, say, like the three best days in the market in a year or the 10 best days in the market in the market in a year your returns are going to be significantly lower just because those big jumps, well, those jumps are usually big, right? Maybe the market jumps 3% or 5% in a single day. It has happened and it can happen. So that's something to consider there. Now, the other side, the other philosophy is that an investor should always keep a decent amount of cash on hand ready for opportunities. Now, my favorite example of this is that there's an investor, his name is Seth Klarman of the Bow Post Group, really famous investor, he tends to keep a lot of his portfolio in cash. He's been known to keep up to 30% of his portfolio in cash at different times, depending on different conditions in the market. So if there's not a lot of great value-based opportunities, he's going to keep more cash. But if there is a lot of opportunities, then he's going to swoop in there and deploy that capital into different investments. So the reason for that is like, flexibility, right? If you have a lot of cash, cash is flexibility. So when others are being fearful, you have the opportunity to jump in and be aggressive. Now, another opportunity cost when we think about investing in the stock market is that we can always choose between different stocks and have the option of investing in either of them at any given moment. So there are several thousand stocks that are publicly listed for us to choose from. And <laughs> I don't know about you, but for me, it can definitely be overwhelming to figure out which one to pick at any given time, right? Like, how do we choose? Now, there's a lot that <laughs> we could talk about on this subject, but we could use some basic criteria to narrow this down, like only invest in companies that are consistently profitable, um, grow profits at a certain minimum rate, et cetera. You know, we could have our checklist, but we can think of stocks As existing across three different dimensions and this is something that I really like its quality value and growth now I'm not going to go into the details about those three different things but just know that there's kind of like these different dimensions just like there's different characteristics or personalities for you and I as people there's different characteristics and personalities of companies and of stocks So certain companies will be stronger on the quality metrics and maybe the growth metrics, but not as strong on the value. And others may be really strong on value or growth, but not as strong on quality. So these three aren't mutually exclusive, but often a company or stock opportunity will excel at one or two of these dimensions, but not be so great at one or the other two. Now, if you find a stock that's really good on all three dimensions, then that's something that you probably want to buy. (laughs) But that's not always the case. And in fact, I think it's kind of rare. So our job as as investors is to kind of try to uncover those, those opportunities. But as far as opportunity cost is concerned, we're always kind of weighing the options between these different dimensions of a given security. So think about that when you're looking for your next potential investment. In conclusion, as investors, we're always looking at trade-offs. And in our life, we're doing the same thing. Like I said earlier, with the health and wellness, with personal finances and relationships, it's all jumbled together in this interconnected thing called life. And we have to make choices about how we're going to spend our time, our energy, and our money. So the important thing, I think, is to just have awareness of it. Like whatever you're trying to do in life, just be aware Just know that, okay, I'm headed this direction and I'm consciously choosing to take one path over another because that clarity is, I think, what will help move you forward. And I've seen that level of intentionality help me a lot personally in my life when I've had certain goals or certain obstacles that I've run across and it just helps to know like, okay, this is what I'm working toward. This is what I'm working toward and knowing that, yeah, I'm giving up a lot of other things, but This is what I'm working towards, so I'm going to focus on that, and that is the opportunity cost that I'm willing to pay in order to achieve a certain goal or milestone, personally. So the reality is, in principle, saying yes to something always means saying no to something else. That something else may not be that big or important, but every dollar, every minute, Every ounce of energy that you have is, in effect, potential energy with real utility. So it might not seem that important, but it actually is. Now, that may sound constraining, but consider this. The opposite is also true. Saying no to something means that you now have the freedom to say yes to something else. So I'll leave you with that. Thank you so much for listening to the Stock Stories podcast today. And I hope you enjoy this mental model episode. It's just such a powerful concept that applies to every single person and it applies to every decision. So I hope you enjoyed that. If you want to reach out to me, feel free to direct message me on Instagram at stock storyteller. Or you can email me at alex at stockstoriespodcast.com Now, if you enjoy the show, if you're getting value from this, if you listen every week and you're just really excited about the show, it would be really great if you could help me out by just sharing this show with one person. Share the show with a friend this week. And I'm really trying to help the show reach more people and, and talk about more companies and more mental models. And so I really appreciate your support in spreading the word. So thanks, and I'll see you next time.